1: Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Frenchman Jules Cluzel is one of the most successful world supersport riders of all time. With 14 wins, 36 podium finishes, 19 pole positions and 40 front row starts to his name. Now 29 years old, he's finished third in the World Championship once, the runner-up on three separate occasions, and then there was 2015 when he ended up finishing fourth overall, but could easily have won the championship that year had it not been for a horrible leg-breaking crash at Jerez in Spain. Joel Cluzel joins us then for this week's Eurosport Full Throttle Bikes podcast with me, Greg Haynes. So Joel, first of all, congratulations—not just on one win, but two wins in a row. It's like buses; you wait and wait and wait, and now two have come together.
2: Yeah, it's, it was—it was great for sure. For me, uh, it's—I think it's the first time I do back to back, so I'm quite happy about this. But uh, but first of all, it was a uh, two good race, solid race. With uh, I think I was not the fastest one, but uh, at the end I won both. And uh, I think it's only because uh, I have good experience now.
1: <laughs> and it's so close, isn't it, this year in the championship? You're fourth, you're only six points behind the championship leader. Federico Caracasudo's fifth, he's only 12 behind. So many riders are in the mix this year.
2: Yeah, 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 we are. We are a, a big group to fight for that. Um, but uh, uh, the season's still long. We, we are not at the middle uh, soon, but... Um, well, yeah, I think it's important to uh, to to give nothing to the others and try to make no mistakes. Um, I think we can do well for sure because uh, we. I, I'm still thinking we are not at 100% with my team, and um, and I think that will come. Uh, it will come later, hopefully.
1: And how are things in your team, Joel? Because there were rumors in Aragon that the team might not even continue. So has everything calmed down a bit now? Is it a good team to be with?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, we are. Everything is okay. I mean, uh, since we had some some small uh, things happening, uh, I I do podium and win and win. So uh, for sure, for sure, it doesn't affect me. Uh, even you can say the opposite. So I'm. You know, I'm happy uh, how it looks now and uh, for the future also because, uh, you know, it was a complete new team and uh, everything has to be, um, I mean, everything has to be uh, done and set well. And uh, it's it's nearly the the fact now. So, and we, I think everybody can see that we do done a good job.
1: Well, that's fantastic news. We'll come back to that in a moment. But I just wanted to talk, first of all, Jules, about you and your life and how it all started. You're 29 years old now. What was the drug for Jules Cluzel to actually get you into racing? How did it all begin?
2: Yeah, for me, um, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Um, Yeah, as you say, I'm 29, but uh, I feel like I'm just ready uh, the last few years uh, with experience and everything because I I started racing quite late. So I feel like I'm. Uh, I I I feel good now. Uh, physically, I had some uh, some some problem three years ago, but um, as you can see, also it doesn't affect uh, on my performance, and uh, I can still do my uh, my my uh, loving uh, job, <laughs> and um, yeah. and yeah, I'm 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 happy. You know, we all have some problem in life, and uh, I'm still a lucky guy to uh, do my passion and, uh, and to make my passion, my, uh, my work. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I feel pleased with that. And, um, and I try to enjoy every, every day. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to, uh, to achieve some of my dreams.
1: So when you were a kid, a really small kid, did you always want to ride a bike or did you want to do something else?
2: Um, I don't ride bikes because, um, because uh, I had some, um, some small uh, physical problems a few years ago. Uh, and I prefer to, uh, to just train and feel physically good on the bike and uh, take no more risk uh, on training bikes. Um, sometimes it's not so easy because when you have, like uh, we did in, in the winter, no testing, uh, it's a little bit strange to go back on a racing bike. But uh, yeah. this is my choice. This is my choice. I think it's not a, a, a bad one. Um and uh physics I just train quite a lot for for example now I'm in the gym. So my my uh, day is like training, eating, sleeping, training, eating, sleeping and <laughs> uh, yeah and I like that. I feel pleased with uh, my lifestyle, the traveling and uh and uh, yeah, it's it's really cool.
1: And how did it start for you when you were a small child? Did you always want to be a motorbike racer or did you have dreams of doing something else?
2: I want to be, uh, we can say, a motorsport um, guy. I, I mean, yeah. I started with motocross when I was like four years old, uh, like almost everybody does. And, um, and then I, um, I stopped motocross and do go-karts um, and I was dreaming to be like a go-kart racer uh, but uh, you know, go-karts and um, we can say four-wheels sports are quite difficult to, uh, to to make any difference compared to the others uh, um, and you need quite a lot of money for that and yeah. my parents at this moment just um, just uh, changed the work and had, uh, uh, motorcycle shop and they asked me if I wanted to try, um, uh, like the 125 four-stroke CBR. Um, and this was a cup, and it was quite accessible. And uh the first time I jumped on the bike was in 2004. And uh, you cannot imagine the feeling I had. I mean, the first thing I said to my parents was like, this is what I want to do. <laughs> and, okay. Uh, with a big smile, and I remember that really, I feel I really feel after maybe all my experience from from before with go-karts and, um, and and also motocross. That was my my things. It was for me. So so then, yeah, everything starts from that.
1: So I guess if you ever had a hero, maybe it was Alain Prost or a Formula One driver, maybe, and not a motorbike racer.
2: Yeah, when, when I was a kid we was looking uh F one but we was also looking MotoGP G P uh and also Motocross. You know, we are a family, a motocross family. We all love that. Even my mother was uh, was doing go karts, so
1: oh, really? um
2: yeah, so yeah when I was looking Formula One I was for Jacques Villeneuve. Uh, I don't know uh, okay. why, I cannot yep. explain. I cannot explain okay. why. Um, and uh, for the MotoGP, I was for sure looking for Valentino Rossi, but, uh, but uh, I was um, just looking at the body and I don't have a really a mirror.
1: So that means you were watching Formula One when it was Jack Villeneuve and Damon Hill fighting for the World Championship in the Williams cars?
2: Yeah, it was that, that time.
1: Yeah, it's gone very quickly over 20 years ago. So, okay, so you started racing in bikes. You were in the French Championship, the Italian Championship, the Spanish Championship, and then you went into the World Championship. There were some good memories there, weren't there? You did 125s, 250s, Moto 2, lots of experience, some good victories and podiums as well.
2: Yeah, I, I do. 2005 was my only second year of bike. Um, And uh, in this year I do like, uh, as you say, French Championship, Italian, Spanish, uh, European and also the World Championship in that year. Uh, So it was uh, really quick for me Um, and it was a crazy year. So I have a good remember about that year because, you know, the year before I was in uh, Le Mans for the uh, MotoGP and, um, and I was with my dad outside with everybody and the, day, the, the year after, even less than that, I was with them on track. So wow, wow. You, cannot imagine, you cannot imagine that <laughs> feeling, it was amazing. I was at the school and say to my friends, I'm doing the World Championship uh, GP in France, like a wildcard. So I was like, oh, you can... it was crazy. Um, and so how old were that you that then, Duke? Probably...
1: You were like 14, 15 years old?
2: I was in 2004, yeah, I was, um, I was 14 less, so yeah, it was 15 years old.
1: Wow, okay, okay, so how did that feel but, when you actually got there for the race? <laughs> what were you thinking? I
2: was a little bit crazy uh, because I was, I think I got some speed, but uh, we had a French championship bike, uh, and you know how it works, uh, and also I had only one year, and, and maybe three months, with a one, two, five, two stroke. Before it was like a four stroke and it was a slow yeah. bike. So I was a bit too crazy and for sure I was uh, pushing hard and I crashed. <laughs> 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 so, but anyway, I had a big smile because I made uh, some, some strong laps and I enjoy and, and, and crashing at this moment for me was not a, was not a big problem
1: if we go forward now by a few years to 2010 you were with forward racing in moto 2 and of course i need to ask you about silverstone when you won that moto 2 race it was the first season of moto 2 it was very very close lots of different bikes fighting for the wins 57 thousandths of a second ahead of tom lootie what do you remember of that race
2: well, 2010, yeah, that race was a dream, uh, one of my dreams. You cannot imagine how many times I dream about uh, a podium first, and uh, I did in 2009, yeah. um, and it was not expected also. Uh, and in 2010, it was the win, so it was another dream. And uh, it's it's crazy, I mean, now it feels different because I, um, I, I do different uh, also win after, and on um, the past, go, the, the time uh, just goes, so so I I just remember that um, it was uh, incredible because I do good good races also in Mugello just before I crashed, but I was not uh, leading the race. And, yeah. Uh, and I won that one, and um, it was as you say a nice fight. Um, and also when sometimes I, I look this race, I say. Um, but it was a good moment. But uh, you know, also what I'm looking when I'm see I'm seeing this, I I feel like I missed a lot of uh, a lot of uh, possibilities to do again this kind of races. But uh, even in 2010, I had just few few years on the bike without any experience, and I was a different rider. So I was just not ready and not in the good shape. To Be uh,
1: more strong. So, when you went to World Supersport with MV Augusta, it was Yaknik, wasn't it? The Yaknik team, and then you switched team to MV Augusta Reparto Corsi. You finished runner up in the very first year, three wins, seven podiums, five pole positions. Did you feel more comfortable immediately then? Did you feel like that was more your place, World Supersport? Yeah, I. Uh, um...
2: Before that, into, I, I came in 2012, and 2012 was uh, with PTR, with the Honda bike. Yes, yeah. And I finished second close, um, next to Kenan was, um I was not far from him in the championship, but uh, I finished second. And um, yeah, the first things I feel when I come to Supersports is like, um, first of all, because I was not an experienced rider, because I didn't really know how to work on a bike, um, and I have also no confidence because I had a difficult year the year before and I was a bit, a little bit lost. So it was a good, good thing to me to move to, to Super Sport because I came in a team on a bike that I do nothing, nothing, no change. I mean, just small changing, but they already have the base and the bike was yeah. already winning in the past. So for me, I just sit on the bike and concentrate on my riding and, and I have no joke. I have, Everything working. So it makes me just uh, giving more confidence and, uh, and understand a little bit more what I was doing and what I have to do uh, for the future. So the first thing I feel is that. And uh, step by step, I take more confidence. I understand a bit more how to ride a bike faster and how to be more um, stable and um, in the world here. So yeah, this was a good thing for me. Um, and as you say, in 2014, after the superbike uh, season, I came to Andrea Agusta and uh, it was um, it was nice also, like a nice experience with Italian uh, factory. And um, and yeah, after that also, we had the 2015. That was uh, my year. It was my year. <laughs> but yeah. uh, we had some just uh, uh, unlucky times. And, um, and it's but what happened, happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember because I was there. I remember being in the media center in the practice session on the Friday afternoon and you were on track with your teammates, I think, weren't you, Lorenzo Zanetti? And then we heard you'd crashed and then we realized it was actually quite serious. What do you remember of the crash? What happened?
2: Well, I remember that um, to, to tell you the true story, uh, I mean, just my close people know it. Uh, just the lap before, just before to start this lap, it was the last lap. I saw the board of one minute and Kenan slowed down to go behind me. And yeah. I had a used tire and I say, why? I, I will not improve my lap time. Uh, Kenan was, will be behind me. He will see more things. So should I stop? And I decided not to stop because I want to be world champion. And I say every lap is uh, something more for me. So I was really thinking I will not do it, but I do it. And you see what happened after that. I mean, I go to turn six. Uh, I lose the front. That like happened many times before. And I, I take it back. But then something strange happened. The rear just locked and makes me an eyesight at uh, more than 200 kilometers per hour. So I make an eyesight in the gravel uh, at this speed. And for sure, my legs were was, uh, was not in a good
1: shape. Yeah, it was. It, I remember it was horrible because I remember you were in the hospital and you must have. I guess it was probably the worst time of your life. Is that fair to say?
2: Yeah, it's the worst time of my life for sure because uh, every day I can feel it, every every movement. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, it makes me a better person. It makes me different in uh, good things, I think. But uh, for sure, if I can, can, if I can go back, uh, I will do it. <laughs>
1: I suppose the good news is, though, you, as you say, you learn from all of these experiences and every bike you've ever ridden in World Supersport, you've been fast on, haven't you? You've been on a Honda, the MV, uh, obviously with a Yamaha now. So you're a very complete rider. You've always been at the front.
2: Yeah, I try to. It's my job, my passion, (laughs) as as I tell you. It's my passion and I know how lucky I am. So I think... I think I understand. I'm a person like this. I always give 100%. Um, even when I have problems and difficulties, I try to just forget because my, uh, my life is, uh, is what I'm doing now. So um, I, I'm like that. <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot say it's nothing. I, I just try to, uh, to always do my best and to regret uh, as less as possible.
1: One thing I always love about you, Joel, as a commentator is not just the racing, but also your reactions and you're very expressive. You don't hide your feelings, which I think is a good thing. Sometimes it's delight. Sometimes you're very angry. But I guess that's just you, isn't it? That is Joel Cluzel.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry about that, uh, for sure. No, it's but, great. Uh, it's great. I mean, I, mean uh, I always, I think I have too much motivation. Um, um, when my, my heart is going like really high, uh, yeah. And I am excited, as you say, my emotions are maybe too high in the good or maybe on the worst, I don't know. But, um, you know, even when it's nice and when I win a race, sometimes it happens that I'm not so happy because I'm already thinking about the next one.
0: Yeah. So,
2: so I'm like that sometimes, not sometimes, every time I, I regret it, I feel a little bit stupid uh But I try to learn and try to improve that since i'm I'm a racer, but uh, I just improve really a little, <laughs> not enough. <laughs> but uh, you know everybody knows that I give uh, always my best. I'm not a bad person I'm not uh, I have respect for the people, so this is the most important.
1: No, absolutely, it's fantastic. And one person you have a lot of respect for, we know, we saw again this weekend, is Keenan Safoglu. Um, I guess it's going to be quite strange, isn't it, for a while not having Keenan around at every single race. He's been there all these years, and he's gone now.
2: Yeah, it's it's a it's a shame really because uh, because um, the, he have a good a, a big personality. Um, he had a, stra- a strong uh, career. And, um, and it was nice to fight with him because, uh, he, as, as I say to him, it makes me improve uh, a lot um, for the fight, for the determination, and uh, to push every session, every time. So I really am uh, thankful to that, to him. Um, and um, I have massive respect for him <laughs> because even, even if sometimes we had really hard fights, and uh sometimes I was hungry after um maybe a last move, like in that uh in two thousand and fifteen but um it was racing i I sit and calm down after that and think that this was uh, racing and um and I have massive respect for him because um uh, because i feel I really feel when I was riding with him that he had respect for me so so this is important you know we are we are human. Uh, for sure, when we put the helmet, uh, we are different person. But um, but it's also important to uh, respect the guys around us because we uh, we all have a life.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember 2015 Assen, as you said, Portugal. Do you remember Portugal? That was a really good one as well. And you weren't in Portugal, but they were. They were such hard fights, weren't they?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a really hard fight together. Uh, Asen was one of the hardest. Um, yeah. because we, we really play all the race together and we was waiting together the last turn. Uh, so, so for sure the tension was massive. Then there is a Portugal, Portugal, <clears throat> I have my revenge. And, uh, yeah. and I, and I really feel great about that. And this is also what I explained to you. I, I even enjoy more my race results. Um, because it was with Kenan. Kenan for yeah. me was, for really, I go to moto to 250, 125, uh, super bike. Um, I'm, I'm honest. Uh, it's not because I'm racing in super sports. I'm honest. Kenan is one of the hardest or even the hardest guy that I fight with. Um, <clears throat> sometimes, even if he's not the fastest, he finds something extra to be here. Um, he's a racer. He's a racer. And, um, and for me, to have him, even in 15, he was... Nearly just together for the championship, uh, I, I know that it was one of the best uh, riders in the world, so in the six hundred bike, I took so yeah so for me, it was great to fight and be with him.
1: Joel, do you think it's unfair sometimes that people look more at Moto2 and Moto3 than they do at classes like World Supersport? Because some of the riders in World Supersport, I would say, are even better than some of the riders in Moto2, but maybe they don't always receive the, the plaudits they should and the praise they should.
2: Yeah, this is, uh, this is uh, the big, uh, big thing. Um, as I say, I've been to nearly every class except MotoGP. Um, but... Um, but everybody talk about superbike and Supersport like a second class. For yeah. sure, uh, is, is different. Uh, I, I mean, maybe the homogeneity, the overall level of every rider is not the same as Moto2. But, um, at the front, the speed yeah. is quite, uh, strong. And we, as you can see, we have some guys that come to, uh, super that also have some difficulties. It's not as easy as uh, think uh, the people are thinking. It's just different no. bikes, different tire, and the good things is that um, I mean, like the things of um, of Cortese, uh, for example, just to say him, um, is that he's a world champion in uh, Moto three. It was uh, one strong guy for m- many years. Even in Moto two, he knows that he was one of the strongest, but it just don't have the material to be the, the, um, the strongest. So you can see that in Moto2, one guy just changed him, but keep the same bike like a Kalex. Yeah. And uh, you don't know why. We still have a Calix, but he's, uh, he's at the front. <laughs> so yeah. this, is, this is the thing that I don't like in Moto2. And uh, I'm still thinking about why, but uh, I don't know.
1: And what about World Supersport this year? What about your rivals? You've got, obviously, Luca Maas is very hard. racer. Cortese, you just spoke about. Randy Krumanaka, Raffaele De Rosa. What about Federico Caracasulo? You've had some good battles with him. There's some really hard guys there. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm happy to have all of them with me uh, because winning alone is not, uh, is not nice. Uh, so <laughs> it's nice to have a hard time. Um, and I think we will enjoy more the, the end, but uh, they are all different. Um, uh, I respect everyone's, um, and uh, I take care of everyone's. <laughs> I mean, uh, they, <laughs> they can do all good, uh, good results for the whole year. So, yeah, I think it's nice for you guys to, to watch, and yeah. uh, and yeah, I think we cannot say that one of uh, us make a difference right now we are we are always changing position for me i'm i'm really pleased with the last two races because i won two times but i know that uh, if we doesn't improve it will be really hard sometimes so so yeah i'm still thinking about the future and to improve uh, my package
1: and what can you do to improve can you go testing merch? is it more about just buying new things for the bike what do you need to do
2: yeah, it would be great to have some testing. We did one test one test in Italy last week. But uh it was uh it was nice but uh a different completely different track was in Mugello and then we came to uh, Imola. So yeah. it's it's complete different and um yeah we need testing. We need uh, to understand exactly where we are losing and uh, and yeah try to, 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 to try different uh, setups. setup.
1: But your rides in Assen and uh, Imola, they were incredible. I mean, you were defending for more or less every single lap of the entire race. That must be more difficult than trying to overtake, surely?
2: Yeah, <laughs> for I'm, I'm happy about that, but uh, that's what I tell you. I feel like um, I was defending a lot, not attacking and trying to escape. I, <laughs> didn't, have the yeah. I didn't have the pace to escape with them, so... I really have to protect uh, every single turn. Uh, I knew where I was from, where I was losing, so I tried to play with that. But this is also the experience, and it worked yes. for both races. Ascen was even if the front tire was completely destroyed. Uh, it was a little bit more easy than the last one. Well, uh, the last one, I just uh, I was third at the beginning. Uh, I was struggling. And I just keep my pace, try to do my best. Uh, But uh, the other guy in front that was fastest just made mistakes. So this is also racing. Um, uh, And yeah, what can I say about that? I don't know. I just do my race and try to to be at the the front until the last lap. And in the last lap, I just try to push a little bit more to escape any attacks from them. And it works.
1: What about the class in general, Jewel, this year? Obviously, all of the front guys are on the Yamaha R6, which is clearly the best bike. Do you think this is a problem, though, for the championship? Would it be better to have, you know, the Triumph, the Honda, the MV Augusta fighting? Uh, well, actually, De Rosa is fighting with the MV, but you know what I mean. Most of the top guys are on a Yamaha. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I, I mean, I think almost all the top guys are on the Yamaha. So this yeah. makes them even more... This makes them even more <laughs> But um, last year, I made some strong lap time with my Honda, uh, and um, and yeah, this was my choice. I mean, it was my choice because I think I can make even more difference, but uh, who knows if I jump on a Honda or another bike, uh, I will not be at the same level. So mm. now I'm on that Yamaha, uh, but I still feel like I'm not 100% with that, so So, yeah, we will see in the future. For sure, it will be more great for everybody to see a red bike, a green bike, uh, and a blue one. But uh, today is like that, and uh, it's, I mean, it's like that.
1: (laughs) No, it's still great racing, isn't it? It's really good. Last thing, Joel, before we go, uh, Donington this weekend, is it a circuit you enjoy?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, I never won in Ascend. I never won in Imola uh, mm-hmm. I won this year. I never won in Dunstan, but I feel a little bit better than the both track we, we, we just done. So, yeah, we will see. I mean, every weekend is different. Every track is different, but to be world well champion, we have to be fast in every one. So, I will try to enjoy, try to uh, do my best, and uh, this is the most important
1: yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. Thank you very much, Jewel. Been a really interesting chat back. and good luck at Donington. Hey, this is Leon Haslam. Uh, come and see me this weekend at Donington Park at the World Superbikes. Hopefully we can make it an English one, two, three. The riders may well be the stars on the track then, but they're also going to be the stars of a special concert taking place at Donington Park this weekend, once again on the Paddock Show stage. And the man heading up proceedings there, as always, is Michael Hill. And he's next with us on the Full Throttle Bikes podcast. And he's with us now on the line from London. Michael First of all, there's this rumour going around the paddock that your middle name is Brian. So, is that true, and where did it come from?
3: Well, Greg, you know as well as I do that that is just one of the many vicious rumours that you uh, tend to circulate about. Uh, <laughs> individuals in the paddock, so uh, I can uh, take say it's not true. I don't actually have a middle name, which is a little bit disappointing, but, uh, but uh, yeah, there we go. And uh, no, as, as always, uh, a pleasure to, uh, a pleasure to talk to you, mate.
1: Yeah, no, you too. I mean, Brian. If you haven't got a middle name, you could use Brian. But anyway, uh, we'll we'll move on to more important matters. Oh, well. Donington Park this weekend. <laughs> Donington Park this weekend. Our home round, of course. Uh, open paddock and a rather special event at your paddock show.
3: Yeah, it is open paddock, which means obviously uh, anybody with a ticket can access the paddock uh, on all three days—Friday, Saturday, and Sunday—which is great for the fans. Um, and also, yeah, we've got the uh, traditional now fourth annual. PTR, uh, CIA Landlord Insurance Rider Concert, which kind of started out three or four years ago with just uh, one or two uh, riders, Jordi Torres and Tatari Kubu, who was riding for, for Simon Bookmaster at the time, basically just uh, singing a couple of karaoke songs to, uh, to help raise some money for Two Wheels for Life. And it's kind of grown now. So we've got a full band, which is headed up by uh, George Bookmaster, who is Simon's son. Uh, so we've got live bands. Um, we've got, the obviously, the Two Wheels for Life charity concert, uh, so it basically becomes a, sort of a four, four and a half hour uh, sort of spectacle for the fans. It's great fun, great to be involved with and just a, a light hearted way to end up, what, uh, end up what could be one of the sort of the best Saturdays we've had in World Superbike this year.
1: It's good though, isn't it? Because anyone who buys a race ticket can go into the paddock. It's a really good way to go up to the paddock show, see the riders, get pictures, autographs and, and obviously the bonus of the concert as well this time.
3: Yeah, it is. I mean, obviously, I'm glad that you've actually called me because we have got one
1: singing slot left. So I was wondering what you were going to say. Uh, I knew this was coming. I knew <laughs> this was going to be coming. Uh, right. Yeah. Leave it with me. No, I don't think you'll be getting me anywhere near that stage, especially now you've mentioned that. But I'm sure. Um, I'm sure other members of the Eurosport team will happily go up there. Well,
3: I'm sure Charlie Hitchcock will be jumping at the bit to uh, to give us uh, uh, pony, <laughs> So. Uh... We'll have, maybe put that up. Maybe that can be a poll well, Let's put it out there To the fans Who do they want to hear most yeah. Do <laughs> they idea. want to hear Charlie Or do they want to hear you I mean let's, let's put it To the public vote
1: Definitely Charlie Definitely Charlie I'm sure i will put Matt <laughs> Roberts in there As well if you wish This is actually Getting very dangerous indeed um, Are you going to be Singing yourself Michael I know you're a bit of A superstar with your singing You're very very good I think you should Oh.
3: Sung a few uh, on a few of the product shows last year, but uh, I think no. I mean, this year we've got, actually, actually this year to be failed, we're actually the biggest concert that we've ever had. Uh, we've got more than 10 wow. down singing. So I think really the limelight should be on the riders. Uh, obviously, yeah. Jordi Torres has been practicing a few, uh, a few members. And as I said, we have started a petition to get him as uh, the Spanish entry to Eurovision. So that's uh, well underway. <laughs> uh, Is that uh, true? Kari akubo obviously is going to be headlining the event uh with a a couple of very special songs that he's been practicing but you know we've actually had a lot of riders over the last sort of six months and certainly the last couple of races where they're they're actually approaching us now so we want to be we want to be a part of this we want to help raise money for charity which is great um and they can just see obviously as you said earlier how fun it is what what a great way it is to to spend a saturday afternoon in the paddock at donington uh, after world superbike race one so uh no, we've got over 10 riders lined up, uh, some big super bike stars uh, involved as well. Carl Smith's going to be playing on the guitar. Um, that's going to be great. It's going to be a great, great event.
1: Michael, can you reveal to us any of the songs that we might be able to expect?
3: Well, by public demand, uh, Hikari will be singing the Apple Pen song. That is uh, that is confirmed. Um, and <laughs> He's also been working on uh, a new a new uh, acoustic version of Sugar Baby Love, uh, which uh, <laughs> is pretty, uh, fantastic. Uh, Jordi Torres, uh, I understand, is also practising uh, Living La Vida Loca. That's what he told me at Imola. So uh, he won't actually tell me. Right, I am.
1: will be very Loca. Like
3: yeah, I think it'll be great fun. And uh, as I said, we've got... Uh, the MS Racing team, uh, which will be, they'll be singing Despacito again. We've had a lot of fans on Twitter asking uh, for, the, for them to do that. But obviously, Maria Herrera will become the first female racer to sing in the uh, the charity concert. And she'll join, she join Danny Valle and Manuel Gonzalez and Borca Sanchez uh, in their rendition of Despacito as the first female on the concert. So there's loads, loads going on, loads going on. And of course, it's not just the concert, there's the Two Worlds for Life auction as well. So... Uh, Get yourself along uh, if you're into to Donington Park. There's going to be various riders, crash helmets, leathers, boots, all kinds of goodies. And, and all the money goes to a great cause. So uh, it's uh, great fun, as I said.
1: I wonder whether we should tell Hikari Akubo that James Whittam has said a couple of times in Eurosport commentary already this year that he thinks his singing and karaoke is absolutely terrible.
3: I think I think I think he kind of knows that, doesn't he? I mean, he, he actually says on the stage, <laughs> "Is uh, you know, I can't I can't sing, but I'm Japanese," is what he said uh, when we uh, when we invited him onto the stage uh, last year, and then uh, proceeded to talk to the audience for about ten minutes. I don't think anybody could understand what was going on, and uh, he just burst <laughs> great fun, you know. And uh, but that's what we need, isn't it? That's what the championship needs. You you need character, yeah. championship, and I think this is a great way of of, of that sort of coming across to the fans and. You know, we've got some great characters in in super sport now. We've got some great youngsters coming through, and I think they all want to be involved. And I think what what makes it special for me is that you know it is a great a great role. It is something that's unique in the, the superbike world championship. And I think underneath it all, you've got you know these riders that are quite prepared to give up their time and raise money for, for charity. And I think two wheels for life now they're they're doing a lot, aren't they? They've raised nearly a million pounds for charity, which. When you think when Randy Mamola started the charity years ago, I mean, that's fantastic what's happened over the last sort of 10, 15, 20 years.
1: And where about in the Paddock will the Paddock show be at Donington, Michael? I believe you're in a new place, aren't you, this year? Yeah,
3: no, that's, uh, that's another good point. Uh, so the Paddock show over the last couple of years has kind of been on the run-up towards Redgate Corner, that's now been moved. So uh, anyone that's been to Donington maybe four or five years ago will remember the paddock show being right in the centre of the paddock, uh, adjacent to the, um, the petrol station that was in the paddock. Uh, and that's where it's going back to. So it's kind of going back to its traditional home, right in the centre of the paddock, uh, so that the riders after the races can come straight into the pit lane, straight through into the new Park Fermi. Podium will be built there as well. So it will be a huge, big fan zone complex um and again looking at the plan i think they've actually converted donington park haven't they? they've they converted the old yeah. media center into garage 39 the restaurant so it's, it's literally going to be right there right in the center of the paddock non-stop action eight hours every single day starting on friday so uh and it's, as you said it's free to get in if you you know as long as you've got a ticket you can get into the paddock all the entertainment doesn't cost you anything extra so uh, you'd be you'd be silly to miss it wouldn't you
1: Yeah, everyone uh, get on to there, donnington-park.co.uk and msv.com. So it's donnington-park.co.uk and msv.com for your tickets. As Michael says, first time uh, this year for World Superbike since MSV has actually bought the venue and is uh, overseeing it and doing a great job there. Uh, Michael, what should we expect then? Very last thing from you. uh, Is there any particular surprise performance you think we'll see in terms of the singing this year? Because I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. I know it's going to be dramatic though because you're involved.
3: Well, it'll always be uh, it'll always be dramatic, and uh, as I say, with the new lights and, and the new smoke that we've got, the uh, the old uh, nashes will be uh, looking fantastic <laughs> on the stage from my side. But what am I most looking forward to? Any surprises on the stage for singing? Well, it, it's got to be yours and Charlie's duet, hasn't it? So uh, uh, ah,
1: yeah yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. It us started, and I'm sure that uh, there'll be there'll be thousands of people at Jensen and we'll uh, we'll just uh, we'll just follow you around with a with a handheld mic and. Uh, a, a couple of drums and uh, we can uh, we can go cappella. we can make it up as we go along so uh, that's what I'm looking forward to
1: you do know I do have the power to edit this out of the podcast but as it's you I'm not going to do that but I, I must admit I am a little bit scared now to go to Donington <laughs> no
3: it's, it's all good and as I say you wouldn't dare edit, edit that out would you we'd have to reveal what your middle name is and it certainly isn't Brian
1: <laughs> I don't think you could talk about that in the show no. on that note thank you very much pleasure So, standby for action. All of the live practice sessions on Eurosport and the Eurosport player on Friday and then live coverage again for qualifying. Race 1 on Saturday, Race 2 on Sunday, plus the other three races as well. Supersport 300, Supersport 600 and Superstock 1000 with their European Championship. It's Donington Park. It's the only UK round of the season for World Superbikes. Don't forget, ticket sales are available still online. www.msv.com and donnington-park.co.uk. See you at Donnington this weekend.
0: Hold up.